so we're making our way into Lent. 40 days that lead us up to Easter. For those of you out there who are mathematicians, those who like to count, we don't count Sundays. That's how we get 40 days from, from Wednesday, Ash Wednesday through Easter Sunday morning. It is a time that we have that we can reflect on our relationship with God, with the Almighty. And each and every year that we gather on this first Sunday of Lent, we hear this story about Jesus heading out into the wilderness and hearing about the temptations that happen. Now, this idea of going out into the desert is not something that is just in, in Luke's gospel, it is in all of the gospels that Jesus removes himself every so often, goes out into the wilderness to think, to pray, to engage with God in some kind of specific way. And we also recognize that this idea of going out into the wilderness, of going out and, and finding some space in life is not just contained to people of faith. We recognize that Throughout all of humanity, of all of history, people have sought to find places where they can go off and be alone, where they can go out and clear out everything to find some space to think. Now, it doesn't have to be into the desert. It's kind of interesting. I got a great joke, if you want to hear it afterwards, about... um, Three strings that go off into the desert. Have you heard this joke? They go off into the desert. It's all, it's all like, it's um, barren and dry. And the three strings, they make their way across the desert. And uh, they come to the other end. And there's this stand there. And they, have you heard this joke? No. So they get to the end of the, of the desert. And they get there and they want something to drink. And the first, the first string goes up to the, to the little cart there and says, I would like some water. I'm so thirsty. And they say, no strings along. String leaves, comes back, tells the other ones. He's like, we're dead. We're gonna, you know, we just don't have any kind of water to drink. The second string says, I'm going to do this. And he goes up to the stand. He's like, please, can I have some water? And then he looked at the second string. And he says, listen, we don't serve strings here. You're just going to have to keep going. The third string doesn't know what to do because they're all just absolutely beside themselves. And so he takes himself and he wraps himself around and pulls himself together and then takes the top of his little string head and pulls out all the strands and walks up to the person and says, I need a drink of water. And the person takes the glass and hands it to him and just about gives him says, aren't you one of those pesky strings? He says, nope, I'm afraid not. See, that's what I think about whenever I think of desert experiences. I don't know but what it is. But I think about heading out into these places of just aridness and, and walking across the desert. And I think of these strings for some reason. But the reality is, is that within our lives, there are all kinds of desert experiences. We have to find places that we can go and remove ourselves and clear things out. 
Sometimes that's into our own rooms when we go in and we just stop for a minute and we see all the stuff that we've kind of collected and and things that are piling up maybe on our dressers and we kind of have to go in there and we have to clear things out. We have to throw some things away, file certain papers, put things up in a box to take care of later, whatever it might be, but we have to kind of clear things out. It has to be a desert kind of moment of cleaning things. Sometimes we need that physical distance. We need to leave. We need to head on out to the pinnacles, climb up to the east ones and look out, or we need to find places that we can go and hike, or maybe it is that we just need to go to find a space in a field or buy some water. Maybe it is that we have to go to the beach, but we just need to go to find a place that we can just calm and silence our brains and silence our minds and reflect. There are all kinds of desert places that we have to go. And it doesn't have to be a negative thing. The story that we get today gives us an encounter that Jesus has with the devil or the, um, the adversary also as they are called. And this is the person that is the, the antithesis, the opposite of who Jesus is. And so... He challenges Jesus with three, three temptations that are called. Now, for some of us, we hear this story and we think, oh, this is what Jesus has to go through. It doesn't have any bearing on our own life. Some of us may say, I can't be like Jesus. I mean, I, I know that I come into contact with temptations each and every day, but I can't say the same things that he does. I can't quote scripture the way that he is, and I he's strong, and so we just kind of cast it aside. But I think that what's happening here is an opportunity to, for us to reflect and see what Lent is all about. That whenever we do clear things out in our lives, when we step away into these desert spaces, when we let our minds just kind of get all this stuff out, that we come into wrestling with places in our own minds that are core to who we are, to core to who our being is. Henry now, and I've mentioned him before, he actually has one book in which he looks at leadership or how we serve in this world as humans with these three temptations. But he looks at them as to what the base understanding here is. The first one is how we feed ourselves. Because in life, do you ever feel like that you're just not feeding yourself with stuff that helps us? One of the things that I find myself is that um, I spend a lot of time in my car. Sometimes it's driving here or there. Sometimes I'm off visiting. Sometimes I'm just commuting back and forth. But I have this little place in my car that I open up and close. It's this great little thing. And you can, you can put snacks in there. Okay? You know what? You can't put a cup of soup in, a, in that little thing. You can't put broccoli in that thing. But you know what you can put? These peanut butter pretzels that you can get that are addictive. And I know it says only five servings in that whole bag, but I can eat them on the entire ride from here to Lexington. You know, there's some times when I just don't feel like I'm feeding myself with what I need to be feeding it with. 
And that's the way that it goes in life. Sometimes we find that we're just feeding ourselves more sugared cereal rather than yogurt or maybe oatmeal with fruit or something that just gives us nourishment throughout the whole day. That's the first one. There's an invitation for us to look in these desert places and say, how is it that we're taking care of ourselves? Do we find the friends that we need, the right friends that we can talk to about the things that are going on in our lives in which we can connect with them? Are we finding those activities in our lives that take care of us, that keep us moving? Are we finding a friend that maybe we can walk with? Are we keeping ourselves active in life? How are we feeding ourselves so we can be the people that we need to be? The second temptation, we're not going to be in a place where we look out onto this, you know, maybe we're at a high point on the pinnacles and you look out and you can see all of the beauty that's around us. And we don't have a place where we're being invited to bow down to have power over everything. But the one thing that I think we do know, and I've heard this said before, is that we have the power, we have the influence to take care of three feet around us. Have you heard this? We can affect the three feet. Those people that enter into that space, the things that we touch, the things that we do, the ways that we make our way out into the world and use our hands and feet to serve. And this can be the question that we have. How is it that we will make our lives ones of depth and purpose and meaning? How will we affect change in this world within the three feet that we have? We can look to others, to somebody else, to give us the power, to take care of it for us. The reality, though, is that when we're in desert experiences, when we are looking around and we are deeply engaging in our own journeys, that we recognize that it is up to us to take hold of that. And to be the agents of change in this world, if only for these three feet. The last one is one of safety. The story tells us about Jesus being put on the pinnacle of the temple and throwing himself off and allowing the angels to catch him. And it talks, and Jesus responds back in the way of saying, look, it's not about testing God. The reality is, is that what does it mean to be safe? What does it mean to understand who it is that we are, what we have in this world? Safety is always a perception. We use things around us to help us feel safe. But I've heard people say, I couldn't do that. It's too dangerous. Couldn't. I had one friend who's very afraid of flying. And they say, I just can't get out there and fly because it's just, it seems so dangerous. But we all know it's probably more dangerous on a commute from Lexington down to Richmond than it is than getting on a plane and flying. Safety's in our minds. 
Because let me tell you, working with young people as long as I have in this world as a youth minister, when I see them standing on the top of a wall that's 10 feet off the ground and they're like, I'm like, hey, remember, be safe. They all say, you know what they tell me? We are. I'm like, well, that means get away from the edge of the wall. When, they're, when they have that power saw in their hands, and I'm like, hey, 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 remember, be safe. Oh, I'm being safe, Chad. But we're in, when we're in desert spaces, the question comes up, what, what is safety all about? And it... It comes in a way that we evaluate what it is that we have. It means looking around to see how we've been blessed, how we have been encouraged, and what we have to use in this world. This idea of strings making their way through the the desert, like I said, the image that I have is this barrenness. That there's just nothing for as long as far as the eye can see. That's what I think of as the desert. But the reality is, is that if you've ever been to the desert or been to a wilderness place, you recognize that there is always life teeming in the desert. Sometimes it's just right under the ground. I remember I've been out to the Grand Canyon. I've been out to Sedona. And there are places where you just look out. And it looks like nothing's happening. But if you get up close enough, you see things that are buried down in the ground. You see little bits of life that are popping out. And especially if you get any kind of rain in the desert, within the next few days, greenery starts to pop up. And it was just laying there, waiting to pop up and to show all of its brilliance and beauty. Life exists in desert places. Life exists in those wilderness places. It's just up to us to stop for a minute to open our eyes and to see where it is. So when we enter into this space of Lent, many people say, well, I'm giving stuff up or I'm seeing this as a desert space and they see it as something that is empty or a time that we have to just be down and and downtrodden, and, and maybe we even, you know, we just have this, this feeling that it's just this, this time that's not a place where joy exists. But what I hope that we do this 40 days, this Lent, is to begin to flip that switch, to begin to look at it in a little bit of a different manner, to understand that life is expansive, and so is the time of Lent. Because when we, time, we find a way to clear out all the clutter that is around us, we begin to see what it is that is inside of who we are, how we've been created in the image of God, each and every one of us with a voice and a gift to share with this world. And it is essential that we do that. Because it is through our voices Sharing God's message of hope and compassion, love, grace, and mercy that is given extravagantly to us all. By us sharing that, that we bring hope into this world. We've got a huge vessel up there. And the thing that I love about it is you can't see it. But the beauty about that is 
It could be full. It could be empty. When we look at who we are as people of God, the temptation can be that we look inside of ourselves and we see that we are empty. That we don't have enough. That just gathering more stuff will help us to fill what it is that's inside of us. The reality is this. You have been created a beautiful child of God. And the things that reside in us that make life worth living, love, kindness, service, compassion, grace, and mercy, the more you share of that, Miraculously, we stay full. I mean, I know myself. I remember when Mackenzie was born. And you think, I can't believe I have this much love inside me. And then Emory was born. You think, oh my goodness. I can't believe that I, have, I still have more love than Beckett's born. And oh my goodness, there's more love in there. How is it that this happens? How is it that we can see friends, how we can be a part of expanding a family and we can continue to find love inside of our hearts? Because when we share these things, when we pour out the gifts of God into this world, we find that we are full. During this time of Lent, during these 40 days, I want you to remember the string joke. First thing, we're all, we're all just trying our best to make it. And a lot of times I feel like that frayed knot. But the second is this. Everyone is fed. Everyone here that comes is accepted. Everyone gets the water. The second is this. We're doing this together. We're not crossing this wilderness time all by ourselves. We travel together as a community, supporting each other, cheering each other on. And my prayer is this. That as we make our way through this time, that we recognize that this is an expansive life that we have, that it is one of depth and meaning. And you have a gift to give. Let us move into this desert space, this wilderness space, reflecting on who we are and how God is speaking to us. Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again, and may you know joy in powerful ways this week.